Hello, my name's Ben Simpson. You're listening to My Next Guest, the improvised chat show. Hello and welcome to the show. Tonight's guest is Trevor Burstow, the world's first person to circumnavigate the world vertically. Trevor, hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very good, thank you. Um, did you take did it take long to get here today? Um, not a, not a, not long time at all. No, um, I came here on the tube. My wife dropped me at the train station. And you travelled a long way today, haven't you? I've come quite a far away. Yeah, I live up, as you know, in the upper echelons of the UK. And specifically, where, where, what's the village you're from? Specifically, my coordinates are 387002. Um, that's longitude, no? That's Isle of Skye, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Excellent, very pretty part of the world. It's a lovely, very wonderful, beautiful part of the world. So tell me about the exploring. Where, where did that start? It started off for me uh, as a very young boy. Uh, I've always been very enamoured with the world and the way that things are put together by God for us to please ourselves upon. So uh, you and the, you sort of did this with, as a child with your as family? Did you explore? As an extremely young boy, my father would take me into the woods in the car, Volvo Estate. Good car. Four litre. Very trustworthy. Yeah. And he would drop me around a fence and he would say, I will see you in time for dinner. And it would be up to me to get there back in time for tea. And often I would get home and there would be no tea because I was too late. I mean, how long was too late? How long, what was the longest time it took you to get back? There was a 30 second margin either side. If I was too early or too late, it's smack on the wrist and back to bed. And did he drop you in a similar place each time? or Sometimes you... it would be a well. He'd drop me in a well. Sometimes he would drop me in a puddle, no larger than the waist of a normal-sized man. But he would always drop me, and I would always make it back. What was your relationship with your father? Obviously, I mean, in to nowadays standards, that would be perceived as potentially child abuse, actually. But what was your perception? Did you have a good relationship with your father? Our relationship was based on respect, a mutual respect for his strength and my fear. And I think that's what really comes down to it with parents. I think that's... A very interesting way. He was obviously a famous man in his own right. Um, I'm not sure how many people know this. I was actually the first man to be conceived in space. So he and my mother were quite famous astronauts. And was that kept a secret? Because, I mean, that's quite a big revelation. Uh, I wasn't aware that was the case. Obviously, your mother mother and father, Mary and uh, Johnny Burstow, um, famously the first uh, ever married couple to be allowed into space. Um, but you, I mean, as far as I could say, you conceived many, many months after they returned. Well, this was the lie that was kept up throughout the majority of my life. Um, it wasn't until just a few months ago when my mother actually released her book, and I'll pardon you for not reading it because obviously you're a very busy man. You've got a very many large number of books to be reading. You're a very well-read man. In her book, since she retired, she actually spoke of the night that my father inseminated her womb. And it was on that night that I became the first alien this planet has ever known. I mean, it's, it's strange because you're coming across as such a normal person. It's very interesting, but I am, in fact, an alien. You are, by the laws of uh, I was born, birth. I was, I was conceived in the universe, a lot of this Earth. Amazing. But what I, I'm very impressed with 
is the way that she managed to keep that secret for so long. How did she manage to do that? And how did she how did she manage to default your birth so late after she returned to Earth? Well, she managed to hold it in. So, so you sort of so you the, the secret. Okay, sorry. I thought you meant you were in the womb for sort of twelve months. No, then. don't be stupid. Um, I was birthed after nine months and nine months exactly. I was not a second late. There was thirty second window either side, and I made it exactly on time. Set a precedent for the way that I would go on to be for the rest of my life, and that's how my father knew I would be a great explorer myself because I arrived exactly when I meant to arrive. Within 30 seconds. Within 30 either seconds, side. either side, yeah. 30 seconds was a minute window, really, if you think of it. 30 seconds before, Absolutely. 30 seconds after. Um, but what happened is they were a married couple, as you said, but they swore an oath that they would not put genital to genital whilst up on the ISS. I've always believed in the Big Bang, so... The Big Bang Theory. It's a great, great theory. Very smart. It's about a noise, very loud noise. I imagine that's. I mean, the, I, I mean, we both know what it is. There's no need for one of us often to explain. The, I mean, obviously, the big bang theory. The the. Uh, <laughs> how the universe came to be. From, Sorry, how the universe came. Are you talking about me? It's a very loud noise. Does this happen often? Well, well, Does this happen often? Do you talk over people often? It's, it's amazing that you think that you need me to explain what the Big Bang Theory is. I think you, I, and all of our listeners very much understand what the Big Bang Theory is. Absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll move on, Trevor. Um, so, is this the reason you decided to go round the Earth vertically, rather than going right. round the... Um... Another misconception. Um, I am the only man to have gone round the world, world vertically... Um, standing. Uh, I'm not, I did not have a. I didn't go on a single first class plane in which I lay down horizontal. I stood in every plane that I went in, every train that I took, every boat. I was standing the entire time. So I was vertical the entire time. Okay, so this is this is interesting because the way that I was explained this was that you went around the world. Over the North Pole, round the other side, down to the South Pole, and went that way round. Um, yeah, I, I could have well have done. I mean, I, I kind of zigzagged. I kind of went a little bit up and then a bit down and then a bit side. Talk, talk us through your route. What was your route? What was your motivation to do that route? <laughs> My route took me from A to B as clearly and simply as it could have done. I thought you zigzagged. Well, often to zigzag is the quickest way, my friend. If you have ever travelled before, you'll know that the straight line is not always the line of inquiry. So you can't always just get from A to B simply by going in a straight line as the crow flies. Because we're not crows, we're on a big steel crow. So where did you start? You started in um, in the Isle of Skye, I presume, where you, where you live. No, I took a car journey to Londudno, and I travelled from Londudno in Wales on a small catamaran. And where did you go? To a helipad. Where was that? A mile offshore. And that took me to Heathrow. <laughs> That's quite a convoluted journey to go from the Isle of Skye all the way down to Wales by car um, 
to then get a, a small catamaran mm-hmm. to a helipad, which then took you to Heathrow. I mean, you could get the train to um, King's Cross, Euston, sorry, and then take the Jubilee line across. It was a PR stunt thought up by my wife, the late, great Angela Trounsbury. She never took your name, did she? She was a very strong, very violent woman. She never wanted my name. But she was big in Channel 5 at the time, and she got the whole thing televised, and they wanted to do a, a macro version of my trip, because on my trip I would be taking walk, walking, train, car, Catamaran. Catamaran. Helicopter. Helicopter and planes. Now, you look at me and tell me that's easy. It might well be, but one of the hardest things we found was to how do I stay vertical in a car? All the rest are easy. So we actually had to build a very tall Mini Cooper that I stood at. Strangely chose a Mini Cooper to begin with. You know, I would have thought you'd gone for something taller to begin with. I mean, it feels like you're sort of Trying to... It's flimsy metal, so you can very easily cut and shut, put you it back together. didn't think to go for sort of a Pope-mobile-esque. What we went, Great for the press, I would think. It, it ended up looking like that, but what we actually went with was... It was a Mini with a Volkswagen Beetle shoved in the middle, and then I put the Mini roof back on the top because I like the Union Jack. And kept it like that, and I just stood up, and I had to slight bend in my knee, and I just clutch, accelerator, brake. So, so you drove standing? I was driving standing up. Wow, so that must have been an incredible skill to learn. It was the only thing I had to learn because I've sailed before and I'm always standing when I'm sailing. And I also, I don't know, I didn't fly the plane. I just stood. Presumably you must have had a military-style helicopter to get take you from uh, the helipad to Heathrow? I was in a Chinook, stood in the middle of a Chinook, holding two pieces of rope that kept me central, like man himself, hovering between two forces, gravity and my home, the space pulling me up. And that's how I stayed for the entire trip, upright. And this is why I've done it. This is why people ask me why, why, why do you want to be vertical and go around the entire world? Because I am vertical. Half of me has been pulled upwards back to my home, the other half of me being pulled down to hell, this ground by gravity. And that's why I do it. That's why I'm a vertical man. The travelling vertical circus. So then you went from Heathrow Airport to Paris. So it's it, so that again. I, I did come back to the fact that you've to, you did circumnavigate the globe. Uh, you went around the world, and I know you're saying vertically as you're standing up. Yet you seem to be doing a, a lot of uh, vertical travelling from the northern hemisphere to the southern hemisphere. Mm. I mean, you've got to really is. is the way that the prices of plane tickets vary, it's just sometimes you don't want to be going straight, you want to be going up, you want to be going down. It's, I actually went to Texas. After with a, Paris? With a short layaway in Paris, because it was the cheapest way. On the way from England to Paris, I was on a lovely commercial flight. Paris to Texas, I was down with livestock in the belly of the beast, stood amongst the cows and the chickens, Just the smell of it. How was it? You can hear me gag. The smell of it just brings back. Must have been awful. It was awful. Tell me about your favourite place on this trip. It it sounds incredible. Where was your favourite place to go? London. The the, the hotel in London was very nice. 
the night before I left. But um, I think my favourite place that I've ever travelled through is uh, Eastern Ukraine. And why so? Um, the people, mainly. Friendly. Very concise. In what way? Um, just very concise. And a very a brevity. So they don't they don't stumble over the words they tell you as it is. Small, very concise words used sparingly. Um, and obviously, I don't speak Ukraine. Y- Ukrainian. Were they speaking English? No, not well, not to my knowledge. I mean, I don't know if they're even speaking Ukraine. I don't speak it. They might have been Russian or Pol Pol. Might have been Pol. Polish. That's right. Um, and so, so Ukraine was your favourite. What was the worst? I mean, it sounds like the belly of that plane was pretty tough. That was bad. Paris to Texas was bad. Um, I think West Ukraine is pretty bad. Um, uh, presumably, they they use longer words and uh, aren't so specific. Very tricky to understand Western Ukrainians. Um, but no, I think the worst out of all was China. Why don't you like China? Um, the people. Was there any part of China that you liked? How many places did you visit? Um, just a Chinese international airport. Okay, so that, that I mean, taking taking Hong Kong. That, I mean, that's so it's taking taking a, a view on a country based on their airport probably isn't the yeah, isn't mean, the fairest of well, opinions. It's, it's the it's the only one that I didn't make it past the airport because I got in there and I thought you know what just get me on the next train out of this shit hole. You got a train? So where did you go? No, next plane, sorry. Okay, and where did you go? Um, the only train I got in Hong Kong International Airport was to the car park because I'd rented a really reasonably priced Hyundai. And, um, did when they have, I saw did it, they have to adapt the Hyundai? But that was the idea. And I saw it and I thought, there's no way I'm standing up in that. So I just went straight, I went back um, and I thought, I'll just wait for the next flight. So I stood sleeping. That's the hardest thing I had to learn to do for this trip is to sleep standing up. Um which, Must have been tough. How did you do it? Did you put a coat hanger on your shirt and hang yourself in a wardrobe? Or it's a good technique. Um, I know a lot of philanthropists use that technique. Famously, uh, Richard Branson. But the, uh, I mean, the technique that I actually adopted was um, to only just put my shirt and my trousers through a flagpole and sleep. Presumably, you had to carry a flagpole with you most of the time. Most of uh, most international airports have got flagpoles in the vicinity. Uh, that's how I came up with the idea. And how would you actually... I still have nightmares that I'm stood up and I wake up and I'm lying down. But I still have nightmares. You have nightmares that you... That I'm stood. But going the, back to the flagpole... The foot of a flagpole. Sorry, going back to the flagpole, um, I'm intrigued to know how you got high enough to thread it through your trouser leg and your shirt. Or did you thread those on first somehow, and then get back into your clothes? A very good question. Um, what I did was um, I would attach a full body suit to a grappling hook and toss it in the air like a goddamn caber. And that, I mean, it often take me between three and 89 tries. And when I got it on there, the leg would simply just slip down, the grappling hook would fall to the side. And then, and then I'd leave it there. I mean, if you go around many, a lot of international airports, you'll still see at the bottom is just a onesie. a onesie that a man's crawled out of and often defecated in. Did you have a little problem with security, carrying, carrying and throwing a, a, a grappling hook around a, a, a flagpole? We, we'd often have to just cause a distra- distraction. 
So you, had, you were traveling with a team. Oh yeah, there was uh, forty-three of us. That's quite a big entourage. On the trip, yeah, uh, it didn't start that way. It started. Are you okay? Have you? Sorry, Trevor. Trevor. <sighs> I think you just. Uh, you're okay. <sighs> you're okay. You're in the studio having an interview. Right. Sorry. Oh, I think God. you nodded off for a second I think there. I dropped. Have you got a flag up in here? No, I haven't. It's incredible that you actually did it without a flagpole. That's amazing. Um, sorry. That's all right. You were saying you were saying that um, forty-eight of us yes. on the trip. Um, when we started off, it was me and um, just my two cousins, Lenny and Bruce. How did you get them involved? It was their idea. Okay, and what, what's their to travel with me? Oh, I um, see. My idea, obviously, to do the vertical around the world because of the pulling me up, pulling me down, all that. I did the speech earlier. Um, Inspiring. But it was their idea to come with me and document my travels. Okay, so they, they act as your film crew, sound people. Lanny is a very brilliant hand artist. Hand artist? Paints with his hands or...? No, he casts a shadow against the wall and he can make dogs. Um, and he did interpretations of my journey using different various types of dogs that he'd cast shadows against the wall. And this is the distraction technique that we'd use whilst I would sleep. And actually, I found his puppets very calming, and that would often help me fall into a little sleep. So Lenny and Bruce would go to some other part of the uh, airport, no, do a little puppet well, show with their or shadow puppet show with their hands. They'd often call a cab or whatever the mode of transport we were using next. Use the high beam to flash upon the side of the airport, and they would create this incredible puppet show with just their hands. And during this time, I would sneak 40 winks. I'd be, I'd get the grappling up. Sometimes I, I, the show would be so short that I wouldn't even get the grappling hook up there. Sometimes the show would run for four hours and I'd only need two hours, Kip. So then I'd wake up and I'd enjoy the second half of the show in bed. Excellent. As a team, the three of us were incredible. And actually, the other 45 people that joined us on the journey... <coughs> you okay there? I just sneezed. Do you want tissue? No, I'm fine. The other 45 of them actually joined us on that journey. I'm I'm mad enough to say um, at least half of them were there for my cousins and their incredible shows that they put on. So they almost became disciples of the puppet show, puppet show show. That's right, yeah, they were my disciples. Um, Well, Lenny and Bruce were my disciples and they were the disciples of them. The so you had a hierarchy within your entourage. A harem, yeah, more like a harem, a, a mixed sex harem. Sorry, mixed sex, comma harem, or mixed sex harem? Um, no, mixed sex, mixed comma sex harem. So, so there was a sexual element to the trip. For them, yeah, very much so. Um, obviously, I am a traditional man. I'll only ever sleep with someone in the confines of the bedroom. So for me, that would have meant standing up on a tent pole. So I couldn't take on partners for the entire time I did that journey. And presumably your wife would have been upset. She would have been very upset. I mean, I didn't meet her for two, three years before the show. So we were still in the throes of passion. So it was difficult for me to go away for such a long time. Obviously, you know, it took me 15 years. It was difficult for me to go such a long time without fornicating with my wife. Did she come out and visit you? Uh, Once. She came out and met me in China. Did that have any effect on the reason you didn't like China and chose to leave, or 
Um, possibly, quite possibly. I mean, I, I would have loved to have been able to spend the night in duress with my wife, but I couldn't because I had to stand at a flagpole and sleep. So that maybe that's maybe that's why. I mean, you can look into it as you will and take with it from you want. It's up to you, but I mean, it's not the only reason that it's a shithole. So it took you fifteen years. Yep. It took you fifteen years from start to finish. Um, your finish, your finish point, uh, Finland was Finland. Was finish remotely. point, yep. And um, did you? What do you think of Finland? Loved it, 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 loved it. Was the name of the bar we'd always go to. Loved it. Loved it. And we'd spend hours in that place just knocking back drinks. And actually, I found about three months into my journey that drinking to excess helped me to sleep standing up. So that's when I developed quite a heavy alcohol issue. The main issue was I put on a lot of weight. So you had to reinforce your onesies, presumably. Well, I actually had to replace all of them completely. So originally, we thought, let's replace all of them. And then we thought, actually, we've got 20 onesies out there because we were sponsored by CNA. And they just gave me 20 onesies. And I thought, do we need 20? So we thought, no. So we just sewed two together and had 10 big ones. And I just fit in them. And they worked okay? They worked fine. I mean, I, li- I literally doubled in size. Um which is surprising because I didn't sit down for 15 years. I was stood up the entire time, but a very bad diet and a lot of stress. So you came to Finland. You did your finish line. What was it like? Was there ticker tape people there? Um, Channel 5 had actually got the wrong date, so they, they weren't there on the final day. But my wife was there. That's another, Well, that is another time she came out and saw me. And we, I finished. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, and it's not a race. It's not. Um, but when I finished, we went straight to the bedroom, I can tell you. Um, it took uh, hours to calm me down, to actually lie me down. Um, I mean, talk about temples. And we just, we really got to know each other all over again and rekindled our love for each other. And it was a fantastic time. And I really enjoyed myself. And so, readjusting, coming back to normal life, you know, what was that like? Hell. It was fun. Hell, it was a good time. Hell of a lot of fun. Hell of a lot of fun. Um, I found that uh, my children that I hadn't obviously not seen because I had two sons before I went on How the trip. How old were they? Um, two? 16 and 17 by the time we got back. Because uh, obviously I was away 15 years and I'd met my wife three years before, so you do the math. Uh, and did they come out at all? Did they come and see you? No. Bone idol, the pair of them. Um, but when I did came back, it was great to connect with them and just, and just see how much I'd missed out on them. That was fantastic, and I could regale them with my tales of of towns and my stand up tour, as I call it, which is very difficult because it's not it's not it's not stand up. It's, it's no laughing matter. That's great. That's brilliant. That is brilliant. I'll, I'll write that one down. What's next? What's next for you? I mean, there was there's been rumours of that you might do a different tour of some uh, a different exploration of of something different. You might. Um, I know that Branson's been talking to you hugely to get you back to the space station to pickle. pick up your passport. Branson Pickle, yeah, we've been in talks. They want me to sponsor their next pickle, right? And I've always been a massive Branson Pickle fan. I mean, I put it on my cheese sandwiches all the time. Yeah. Um, if it's pickle, I'll say no. But if it's straight up pickle, I mean, I'm I'm game. And what, what have they said then? What's the plan? Well, 
this is where we're having conflicting ideas. They want me to go round the world horizontally. And I said, I, I will not do it. I will not do it. I'll not lose another 15 years of my life. Not while Seb and Frederico, I mean, they're in the prime of their life and I don't want to leave them again like I did when, when they were just born. And um, no, I think I am coming to the end of my tale. Um, I've not got many years left in me. Obviously being 65 now. And uh, I mean, I carried 30 stone for 15 years, so it's not, it's not been kind on me. Um, my joints are all shot. You can obviously see I'm in this chair because of the uh, the 15 years of doing stand-up. Um, I'd like to go back to where it all started. So uh, I'm going to hopefully go back into space and end my years out there looking uh, down on this world. Right, so you, you want to go back to the space station and end it there? And yeah, I'll just end my life, just blow my brains out at an international space station with a magnum or something. And is this something that's in motion? Are you are you planning this? Um, or just half it? planned, half. I mean, well, I, I I just decided now that it would be a magnum, because before I thought automatic pistol probably easier to get up in space. Um, to be honest, I mean, I, I have fantasies of doing it many different ways. I might, I might just jump out the window and just float off into the sea. Are you space ill or are you suicidal? Uh, suicidal. So um, you're meant you're mentally ill. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that'll do that to a man standing up for fifteen years. Um, I can't close my eyes without um, just seeing a tentpole, seeing uh, shadow puppets in the insides of my eyes. And um, and I've had enough of this world. Um, I'm ready to die. Um, this is one of the reasons I came on this show is to announce that uh, I am going to be firing myself into space. I've made a huge amount of money from all the publicity for my various tours, so I can afford a one-way ticket to space. That's incredible, and what a... What a sacrifice. I'm sure your children will be sad, saddened. Well, actually, they were... Don't you mind they've already lost their mother? They were at first. But then when they got on board with it, and I said, you're not going to change my mind, Sebastian and Federico, let's get on board. We would actually spend hours just coming up with fun ways of me to do it. Um, One of the ideas Federico had was just to catapult me as high as they could in the air and just see what happens. Presumably, the landing would kill you. I assume that's the. I think you'd presume so. Um, the only issue is how many others would it kill? I guess so, not. Don't do it in a crowded area. Well, that was that was the big did toss you, up. Did you I, want I an audience? to die you, around people. I guess you got used to having you know forty eight disciples at all time. I mean, they won't leave my side. I mean, they're still here, aren't they? But obviously, they're behind. Yeah, the I mean, if you want to say hello. Hi, hello. All right. Hi. So, yeah, I mean, they, they follow me everywhere. Um, great to have you guys. Obviously. Thanks for coming in, guys. Um, but, I mean, the, I say it's going to be a one-way ticket. That's what I'm buying. I mean, half of these guys, these crazy guys, are obviously going to be coming out with me. Um, so I, I, w- I won't die alone. I'll know that much. But I will be killing myself in the next two months. Two months? Give or take. Depends. Give or take sort of 30 seconds. Either way. One minute window. Perfect. So, I mean, wow, that's incredible. It's scary, scary for you, exciting for you. Yeah. Um, exciting I mean, and scary I, for the 48 well, disciples. And I want to say thank you for you because, I mean, I, I feel like a different person to the man who started this interview. You certainly sound, uh, you certainly sound more... Um, I was nervous. You sound like you've opened your nasal cavity a little Yeah, I was very nervous when I first came on. I haven't done a just a plain audio interview since such a long time. And obviously I'm in the chair now. Yeah. I'm most comfortable on my feet. But... um. 
thank you for helping me discover and also for letting me tell my tale to the world because not a lot of people know that I'm the only alien in this planet. No problem at all. And, and thank you, actually, because we didn't have disabled access before now, and now it opens up um, the possibilities of potentially interviewing a lot more disabled people. That's great. Get some more sabos in. High five. Thank you. Thank you so much, Trevor. Uh, great to meet you, and I hope, uh, I hope all goes well in the next two months. Good luck with your show and continue to be a fantastic human being. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at mynextguestpodcast or email us at mynextguestpodcast at gmail.com. I've been Ben Simpson. Our guest tonight was played by Adam Royko Vega. This was a Velcro Not Laces production. No!